As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sifpop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, we think perhaps you should have a universe before you try to expand it. It's Sifpop. Welcome to Sifpop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Oh, boy. Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And today, he's back from the dead, resurrected. It's Josh Childs from the Nether Region. I will eat your soul. (laughs) Seriously, Josh, it's been uh, over a year since you've been on the show. Um, Explain yourself. Why have you been missing? (laughs) Yeah, I've been kind of just out of the creative realm. Wasn't there a project you were working on? I thought for sure you were working on a project. I apologize if you weren't. I thought you had some some projects recently that you you were acting in or doing stuff in. Well, I've been slowly last last couple of months. I've been slowly working my way back into the world, kind of getting my muscles back. Yeah. Um, so I've got a I've got a couple of uh, improv companies that I work with here in town, uh, Court Improv and Spontaneous Comedy Company uh, here in Nashville. Um, and I've other than that, I've been doing just a lot like non work that I don't create. It's been I've just been doing a lot more acting and writing work for other people, um, which has been nice for this season. But um, yeah, like I said, I'm trying to get my stretch my creative legs again, and uh, and be on the the front of the projects instead of helping people with with their projects, kind of. So, what's some of the acting that people might have accidentally seen you in? Like, what's something that you've been in that that you know got out there enough that somebody you know might have checked it out or or seen it? Well, I'll say this. This this is not out yet, but since you brought it up, I'm going to name drop. I just, uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was a very small part, so it's not like a, a super name dropping, but I was in, uh, I just did a scene with De Niro. So. What? So that was 
pretty first name? terrifying. What was the first name of uh, this De Niro? Bob. What? Bob. Are you kidding me? That's pretty cool. No. Yeah. Wait a second, it's, uh, Josh. It's... Come on. You just did a scene with Robert De Niro? Yeah, man. It's a. It's coming out. It's the movie's called uh, War with Grandpa. It's based on a, a children or a teen book, I believe. Um, and it comes out at the end of the year. But yeah, there. Uh, I went down, shot a day with my brother. Actually, we we, uh, who's an also, uh, also an actor, um, and we, yeah, we had to. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say or not. Say, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we. Uh, we did a scene with De Niro. It was terrifying. Um, <laughs> I, when the movie's out, I will happily tell you all the story. I probably could tell you now. I just don't know for sure. Sure, no. We'll be patient. We'll wait for the Robert De Niro <laughs> stories. For sure, but, man. So I'll say this. This is probably safe to say. I had to rip open his shirt and, <laughs> res- and wrestle him. And so that was... It was one of those times. I usually enjoy my my work, but that was one of those times where I did not have a good time until they said cut, and then I was on my way home, and then <laughs> then, then I was just reveled like, in what I had just done. But I ex- in the moment, I was terrified. I just I just exposed De Niro pecs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this uh, cast list for this movie, and it is stellar. It is yeah. Is it a sequel to Bad Grandpa? No, <laughs> no. It's actually the if you've read the this is not a spoiler because the the book is already out there. But it's basically about a a, a kid who gets into a prank war with his his grandfather because he's oh wow he's um he's studying I think the French Revolution maybe and his grandpa moves in and takes over his room and so yeah so a battle ensues a war ensues um it's really it's really funny really charming and. Uh, yeah, it's got a cool cast, and uh, yeah, it's. I think it'll be a really, uh, you know, it's a, it's a family movie, so it'll have a wide audience. But um, well, that's yeah, amazing, I, I am, man. You will, you if you do not know me, you will not recognize me. You know, and those things you you never know what ends up on the cutting room floor. Well, but, that's um, true too. Yeah, for sure. It seems like it's an important scene, so maybe maybe they'll just whittle us down to you know a twenty second scene and cut <laughs> us out, but. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. You but, were you were all over that Miley Cyrus movie, so yeah, all over <laughs> that one scene, <laughs> dude. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, what that yeah. would be such a dream. That's that's amazing. Well, absolutely. Uh, proud I of will you. say that I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. Uh, it, things don't scare me the same way. You know. Yeah, um, that makes when sense. When I go on a set, I don't really get as nervous as I because I'm like, well, what can it be worse than? <laughs> is it more terrifying? Is it possible to be more terrifying than to do that with the most intimidating, maybe greatest actor living today? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know it's arguable, but he's up there. Well, yeah. not since... He's in the conversation. Not since uh, yeah. Heat has a pairing been more anticipated than uh, De Niro and Childs. <laughs> so... <laughs> All and right. Childs. And Childs. Uh, we are going to have a blast on today's show. We are going to, of course, do our buried treasure. Uh, we've got a Sift Quest coming up later. We're going to talk our best ever Tom Cruise movies. And, of course, we're going to review The Mummy that came out this week. Before we get into the first segment, though, uh, I did want to bring up, we had a little discussion, a small, tiny, like, how do you pronounce uh, the gal's name from Wonder Woman? You remember this? Gal Gadot. I actually did some research yeah. on it, and there's, there's, yes, it's pronounced Gal, Josh. Very, very nicely done. Um, <laughs> uh, I did some research on this, and here's why it's confusing. It's actually both. The T is pronounced, but it's Godot. 
Yeah. So it's it's not Godot. It, like it would usually, like uh, you would think a silent T, and it's Godot. also not Godot. It's like Godot. It's like it's got a little ut. Godot. Yeah, Godot. 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 Like that. You have to say it like gotcha. that. Gotcha. Israeli. I'll remember yeah. that when I do a scene with her. I'll remember that. There you go. <laughs> when you rip open her shirt and yeah. wrestle with her. <laughs> no. All well, right. I just got all nervous again. <laughs> there has not been a pairing that we have waited for. <laughs> all right. Uh, kick us off, Andrew, with some Do We Care. Well, every single week I normally choose three topics for us to discuss in the entertainment world, and we discuss whether we care about them or not. But this week there is only one topic, as tomorrow E3 is kicking off. Now, this could be interesting because, Andrew, you are definitely the the gamer guy. Like, that is a huge part of your pop culture universe and what you love. Yeah. I used to be huge into video games uh, pretty much since I had kids and kind of, my, you know, my career started going towards movies especially. I just don't play video games anymore. Yeah. Josh, what's your video game experience? Um, I hear about some things through my son, uh, who's nine. Okay. <laughs> All right. So so this will be interesting because I think you're going to have to kind of lead us along with what's happening at E3. I remember I used to get super excited for Nintendo's press conference every year at E3. Like I used to watch it live and stuff and I just haven't done that in a couple of years. Yeah. Well, um if you if you if our audience is curious, if you can you can go online and you can check out every single day. I think it's <clears throat> Saturday through Tuesday. Uh, the big companies are going to have a conference on every single day so you can check out online and you can watch live or they will be uploaded uploaded to YouTube afterwards. But uh, I love it because it's it's a competition. They they say it's not a competition, but every single year it's who had the best conference. Yeah, and who had the best E three? And mainly it's it's between the top three. You know the big companies: uh, Xbox with micro or Microsoft with Xbox, Sony with PlayStation, or Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So it's which of those three had the best conference? And they also have the top. Uh, third-party developers like Ubisoft and EA and Bethesda, they all have their conferences as well to highlight the new games that are coming. This year is interesting because Xbox is going to be releasing their new console. Yeah, that's true. Are they announcing it at E3? They're, They're... showing it they, so like like the legit gotcha. specs it's actually playable that kind of stuff they've had the specs and everything okay. what they haven't shown pretty much is what it looks like when it's coming out and cost so those are the three things they're finally going to show okay and uh it's supposed to be as powerful as a high performance computer okay so oh wow they're saying there has never been a console that's been as powerful as this and then we know Sean from Geek Point oh. Yeah, I asked him about it. I was like, "So is it really just the hype machine, or is it really gonna live up to?" It? He's like, "I looked over the specs, and it should be impossible for what a console to do what they're expecting this to do." Wow! So I'm really excited wow. for it. What else are you excited about? Like, is, um, is Sony doing anything? Like, what's Sony's deal this year? Uh, so the thing that I don't like about Sony, but I also do like, is they know how to hype up stuff. What the problem is is Sony likes to show games that aren't coming out for three or four years, whereas oh, wow. Xbox is like, "Hey, this is what's coming out now," and you're like, "Okay, awesome." Right. But Sony's like, "Oh, you think that's cool? Look at all these amazing things!" But they're not coming out until 2020. <clears throat> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so they're too far in the future for you. Exactly. But at the same time, what they show is. Cool. Yeah, but it's, you never know if it's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. You never know what's going to happen in the next several years. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah. what, I like looking at the old pictures, uh, old black and white pictures of the concept cars from like the fifties when they're like, this is what cars will look like in <laughs> 10 years. Oh man. Concept cars got me so hyped until I found out <laughs> yeah. what they really end up looking like. <laughs> yeah. Like, wasn't there? Uh, a concept- I have a, I, <laughs> go ahead. Um, so like with the, with this Xbox, uh, the new Xbox, so they, they reveal it and they talk about it now. So that basically, is this like the perfect amount of time before Christmas for people to get all pumped up about it? Is that like the timing of it? Exactly. Or? They they have a window okay. out, like uh, it's going to be coming out holiday season of this year. They don't have an exact date, though, because they want to get that gotcha. holiday season so they can get those Black Friday shoppers and they're yeah. going to buy it. Because they're, yeah. they, they want to win the console war. And uh, yeah. I say console war, but it's nothing compared to the console war between Nintendo and Sega back in the '90s. Yeah, that was the ultimate. <laughs> they were calling each now, other. Now I'm going to sound like a a, a a a like a big wannabe, maybe, but I um I, like I don't know a lot about games, but I am still way infatuated with all of the uh, all of the VR aspects of games. Yeah, so like the the PS4 with the with the VR games or whatever i don't mm-hmm. see i'm saying how exactly how terrible i sound um so is that something that people are are they expanding on this or is that kind of a fad that's like oh that is what it is now let's do something else well playstation came out with their own first party version of vr and what uh-huh. xbox is doing is they partnered with oculus the big computer okay. one so whenever doesn't uh, facebook own oculus yep Facebook, okay. yeah, and they're uh, I guess they're partnering with I guess technically Oculus and Facebook for that. But uh, what they're expect, what some people are speculating is that during the uh, the conference, it's going to be revealed that the new it's called Scorpio, the new Xbox. Okay, um, they're going to say that Scorpio it's the Bond villain. Does, it sounds so <laughs> cool though. Oh, it's the it is it's the Simpsons Bond fake Bond villain, right? <laughs> yeah, Hank Scorpio. <laughs> Scorpio, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yep, you only moved twice. That was the name of that episode. Um <laughs> yeah. but uh, uh the uh they're they're speculating that uh Scorpio will be released with Oculus as a uh as a bundle. Oh, okay. So. Uh, okay. I'm I'm all for the VR stuff. I, I love it. I, I love the idea of, you know, immerse more immersive worlds, especially the more they can move towards uh VR that's not distracting, like it's not like a weight on your face. The lighter they can make yeah. that, you know, so that you know, it's kind of similar to 3D with glasses, right? Like 3D can be pretty awesome, especially if you've got a really bright screen. Yeah. But you have to put glasses on your face, you know? And so it's like until yeah. that becomes a little more invisible, uh, even VR will have a little distraction for me. But it's it's really cool. Some of the VR stuff I've seen has yeah. been like, oh, wow, this is this is the next generation. This is the next level. I, I was going to say, if either of you tried VR at all? Yes. Yeah, the, the okay. VR stuff that I've tried is yeah. has been phenomenal. Yeah, same here. Um I uh yeah, there's a there's a few like the gaming systems I've I've played a little bit. Just, you know, I don't really playing's a weird thing. I just basically stand in the bat cave and look around and <laughs> yeah, you know, freak out. Like I don't know if I played anything on that. Mine was the same, except for I was not in the Batcave. I was in the Mythbuster studio. <laughs> oh, I nice. Like, <laughs> I was like, look at all these toys. <laughs> um, I have a buddy here in Nashville with, I should know the company. It's called, I think it's called the, the Black Box, um, and that's what they do. So I, they, I I came in, and they they hooked me up. And they actually, when you in their little arena where they have you, I'll keep this short, where they, in the arena where they, they have you, once you put the glasses on, um, 
the default setting for it is uh, the holodeck from Star Trek Next Generation. Oh, nice. <laughs> so when you look through a doorway, you like while you're sitting in there, you can see the you know the hallways of the Enterprise out oh, there. Oh, that's you cool. Know, that, so that's what it was really great. That's what they used to demo it for everybody else when they come in, and they're like, "Hey, this is what we can do for your company," and that's the default, you know. Oh, that's fun. But anyway, yeah, I love that. I love that stuff. The only one we haven't talked about, Andrew, is Nintendo. Any mm-hmm. expectations from Nintendo's stuff this year? Because they've already got the Switch out. And they can't keep out. it in stores. Yeah. So, I'm, like, what are they going to highlight? Uh, I'm expecting them to show something along the lines of Smash Bros., maybe Mario Kart. Um, but may- they just released a Mario Kart game, right? I, th- I mean, it was an update of the Wii U Mario Kart game. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to release, you know, a full on. A full new, a full new Mario Kart? Yeah. But uh, I'm maybe a Pokemon uh Something along. They have to do something with. Pokemon. What's the Mario game that they already announced that's supposed to come out holiday season? Mario World. It's something where he's like running around in like actual cities and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I will be the first to admit, whenever the console war was going on back in the nineties, I went along the way of Sega. <laughs> so the only console- I have drawn my line. Well, I'm just saying the only uh, Nintendo console I've owned was the NES. Right. So I never had a GameCube, a 64, or any of those, or even a Wii. So uh, my knowledge of Nintendo is lacking. I don't know if I will ever get over the fact that they named their console Wii. That is just, that is one of the most incredible things in the history of gaming. It's the highest selling (laughs) console in history. I know. This is like W-I-I. We Wee. would like to play. It's uh, amazing. But if you have never watched a uh, E3 conference, I actually do recommend because it is a spectacle. And I will it say, huge. And I will say, I recommend checking out uh, Flick Freaks coverage on the conferences too. Uh, I think Andrew will be live streaming every single every single conference from their YouTube channel with guests uh, kind of yeah. commenting on stuff. So thanks for the shout out. Oh no, it's it's great stuff. In fact, uh, one of your most watched videos is from an E3 conference, and actually Danae was in it. So. Yeah. Danae, um, that was our second most video viewed video ever. Yeah, so which is great. Oh, wow. I want my ding ding ding. Yeah, I I became a hashtag. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I would definitely recommend checking out Flick Freaks YouTube during uh, E3 because they do great great coverage. Thank you. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the mummy. You are alive because you were cursed. Cursed by what? The ultimate evil. Welcome to a new world of gods and monsters. You saw that, right? The Mummy, Nick Morton, is a soldier of fortune who plunders ancient sites for timeless artifacts and sells them to the highest bidder. Is that who he was? When Nick and his partner (laughs) come under attack in the Middle East, the ensuing battle accidentally unearths Amonet. A betrayed Egyptian princess. Morton must now stop the resurrected monster as she embarks on a furious rampage through the streets of London. We like to start off with just a quick, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay? Andrew, why don't you tell us first? It's a really bad movie. (laughs) I didn't like it, but there are fun parts to it. I didn't like it. Didn't quite go to hate it, but firmly in the didn't like it category. Didn't like it. What about you, Josh? Same. Yeah, me too. I was nonplussed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I am maybe 
I'm maybe even a, a little closer to it was just okay than didn't like it, but I'm definitely in the didn't like it. It's not like right on the border, but there are some things to enjoy in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and it does, it, and maybe I'll start here before we move into the pros and just say, I get a little tired of every movie having to be the worst movie ever made or the best movie ever made. And it seems like when these kind of movies come out and it's not a success, it's like, oh, that movie's so terrible. It's awful. It's the worst thing. And it's like, I mean, it's a bad movie, but it, there are certainly worse movies that come out. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, spoiler real quick, not for the movie. Okay. But, <laughs> um, there's only one thing in this movie that's keeping me from saying it's okay. And it's a huge thing that I hated. Oh, okay. And it's but, a spoiler that we'll talk about in spoilers? Or no, will we no, talk no. about it's it in the... in cons. Like it's okay. A, okay, it's sure. A, it's a tease, I guess I should say. So we didn't like the movie, but what are some things that we did like about it? Josh, what are some of your pros? One, There's one scene that I thought was uh, conceptualized well and executed really, really well. An action scene. I was going to ask if it was um, an action scene, because that's that's most of the stuff I liked were, were in, was in the action stuff. I got to say, I, like... I didn't hate everything else, but I don't know that I really... I mean, I'll listen to you guys, see if you had different thoughts, and maybe it'll spark something, but I don't remember really liking anything other than that one scene, Well, honestly. I, I'm, I mentioned the action in general. I think Tom Cruise is in his element when he's doing those crazy action, stunty kind of things. Um, he once again has a scene with a plane that is absolutely amazing. Uh, it's like that's his thing in every movie now. <laughs> that was real. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, well, I figured a lot of it. I figured they did what they rode the vomit comet probably, and they, sixty-seven yeah. times. Oh wow! To get, to do that. Well, this—that's the scene. That's the scene I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty spectacular, and, and we saw it in uh, we saw it in IMAX laser again, and again, it just adds a whole you know clarity to that stuff. That's that's absolutely incredible. I wanted to say that real quick. This is con, but I'm just going to throw it out while we're talking about IMAX laser. Uh huh. There were some scenes in this movie that were really dark, and even an IMAX laser, it was hard to see what was going on. I can't even imagine what it was like in a regular theater. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was about to ask you because that's one of the, my problems. And I was gonna—I was literally about to ask. It's so dark. Could you see it's that stuff? So better? dark. It was. Well, we yeah. we could see it better, but it was still really dark. I can't imagine watching this movie in a regular theater in 3D. Yeah. I cannot imagine having to, to see that stuff. Josh, did you see it in 3D or just uh, regular? Just regular and and a regular theater. And it was, yeah, it was dark and it moved too I didn't understand. Like, there, there's the scene uh, in the, there's a scene in the truck that fight, that action scene while, while they're in a truck, I mm-hmm. didn't have any idea what was ever happening in that whole scene. Yeah. I didn't know what was what was happening. See, I don't ever remember feeling that. Like, I, I feel like I, I could see what was going on. There were times where it was dark enough that I had to really pay attention. Mm-hmm. But um, but I, I do think the IMAX laser helped uh, with that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, we were talking about Tom Cruise. I want to know what it is about that guy that's so enthralling. I'm, this is definitely not the best tom cruise performance ever but he's still charming you yeah know? <laughs> well he's just charismatic some people just have it man like they just yeah. they pop on screen they're just charming charismatic people uh he is definitely one of those guys um as we get into the cons i'll talk about uh his performance because i really didn't like it in this movie cruise um yeah mm-hmm. I, I think it's a total miscasting yeah. uh, for what they were trying yeah. to do with this movie um but he himself when, and like I said, when he's in those action scenes, you can tell he's in his element. That's you know that's where he's his best, and you love watching him. There are some spoilers, I guess I could say about that one scene we keep talking about. That I'm just like, yes, that's like that's a movie you could have made if you had turned this movie into like a more earnest 
kind of Tom Cruise-y feel yeah. movie to it, I think that movie yeah. might have been a little bit better because there's some real earnestness in that scene that just isn't in a lot of the other choices that they're making yeah. uh, throughout the rest yeah. of the movie. Um, another True. performance I liked, I don't want to say too much just in case people don't know that they're in the movie, but Russell Crowe's character, mm-hmm. I actually really liked. Did you? I, 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 it worked for me, you know? Didn't necessarily it, work for me. Really? Yeah. But... um. But I don't. But I thought I, he did a good job. Yes, with exactly. It, but, uh, they're setting up. The, they're setting up the universe. And let's go there. Can yeah. we just go there? Because I'm kind of. Unless you have another pro. Yeah, I do one more pro okay. real quick. Because um, a lot of people are going to compare this to the 1999 Mummy movie. Which, by the way, I watched this morning. Yeah, I threw that in this morning and watched. It. I think. By the, oh, I watched the original last night after this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think I might like Aminet, the new Mummy, more than I liked Emotep as a villain. I think that she is way creepier than he was. Oh, that's true. I definitely think she has a, a bigger creep factor. Yeah. Uh, uh, in fact, they, they pushed a lot of the creepiness in this one. And, and the sensuality, for that matter, was really pushed for a, a PG-13, I thought, too. Although, the original Mummy did that, too. Yeah. With a lot of the silhouettes and, you know, you know very brief nudity, that kind of stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had forgotten that until I watched the the 1999 one this morning. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of a mummy thing." Yeah, you know, that's what they do. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you wanted to. Well, okay, I wanted dark to talk, universe. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the dark universe because I think this may be one of the biggest mistakes they made in making this movie. Uh, and I kind of touched on it at the beginning of the the podcast with what I said. Uh, when you think of beginning an expanded universe, you think of a movie like Iron Man. Well, Iron Man didn't take the pains to say, you know put it on a big sign and big loud hey this is a big expanded unit like you know captain america's shield is in his thing mm-hmm. you know like there are some yeah. easter eggs there but there aren't they aren't like trying to enter it would be as if nick fury was in iron man as opposed to just the post credit scene you know what i mean it's like yeah. exactly it's yeah. the give your movie a chance to be a great movie first and then worry about you know zooming out and showing the bigger picture. You know, it's like I think of it as yeah. one of those. You know, the mosaics, like the pictures that are made of a bunch of other little pictures. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure those little pictures are good, and then when we zoom out, we'll see a cool big picture. But you exactly. just there's so much focus yeah. on the big picture stuff in this movie. I will say though, even though it made this movie bad, the whole dark universe setting up that universe, I'm still excited for all those other. movies. I actually am too. I, I actually like the idea. I yeah. just think they went about it the wrong way. Exactly. It made this yeah. a bad movie, but the possibilities moving forward seem really fun. Unfortunately, well, it just made makes this bad. me go ahead. It, the ner- it makes me nervous in the, in the sense that this is obviously just the you know studio hands all in it trying to turn it into something, right? I mean, the actual movie itself was didn't have any like director craftsmanship left in it. It was all like studio decision making and if that's how they're going to handle all of them you know if that's what they're saying like this is how then i'm not i'm not interested i mean i'll I'll see the other ones but um i went from being excited to now very cautious about the rest of them yeah because tom cruise in himself like he's i you can oh we were talking about his performances you can always count on his choices like I will always trust him because I'm like even if I I don't love Tom Cruise and I do like him but he's not my favorite but he always makes really great choices and I really feel like like he blew my trust on this <laughs> on this one yeah. and it makes me so it makes me nervous about you know other people who I love you know but now it's like oh are are these choices down the line are all of them going to like 
If he can, if he can lead me the wrong direction, <laughs> can they? <laughs> um, yeah, I just uh, the way they force the dark universe stuff. Even in considering kind of the conclusion of this movie, the conclusion of this movie, without getting into spoilers now, and I'll talk more detail about this at the end. But it basically, basically, Tom Cruise's character choice and development towards the end of this movie really kind of undercut any character work of his character mm-hmm. to serve a greater purpose in the bigger universe. I, re- I almost True. hated the ending of this movie. Yeah, it was awful. I did hate it. Yeah. I did hate it. It was... It's... it's I'll, I'll, Going into, like, his first... That first 45 minutes of him, and then, you know, kind of how it ends, it's like somebody said to him, all right, this is our first thing, just like Iron Man was, so you need to be... Do your impression of that character like they yeah. it's like they took the template of the roguish person you know that you you love to hate or hate to love or whatever you know who's still got a lot of charm and they're like this is going to be you and only it landed it fell flat and because it's not him yeah it's, it's not him and then the movie ends and it's the, it's like there's no like you said undercut there's no like how is he how is he different? He's not different at all. And we can talk about Jake Johnson person. for a second too, because I love Jake Johnson. I, I love his TV work. I've loved some of the movies he's been in. And he is awful in this. And okay. I don't know that it's his fault. That's the when, no. when I said that there was one con that kept me from liking this movie, I hate his character and what they did with it uh-huh. so much. Yeah. That's the only thing yeah. make, keeping you from saying this movie's okay. If you cut him out, which you totally can, you cut his character out of this movie entirely. It's there's nothing different. He adds nothing. I hate every single time he's on on the scene or on yeah. screen. Yeah, and and it and it, it totally emphasizes the disconnect of the tones, right? The disconnect yeah. of the movie they wanted to make, you know, quirky, silly wise, yeah. and the movie that Tom Cruise would make more earnest, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it just emphasizes yeah. that disconnect. Oh, it's another one of those situations where where you like in the future we we'll watch another movie and those characters are in it and they're. You're talking about their history. It's a lot more interesting to say, you know, to know like in in exposition who Jake Johnson is, who he is, as mm-hmm. opposed to watching it happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a one. It's a one off joke. Yeah. It should exactly. be told and like, oh yeah, that's is this is this is our history as opposed to watching it happen. Yeah. Here's what I say they should do. They tried to sprinkle in humor into this movie just to you know make it more accessible to a wider audience. But here's the problem. This is the dark universe. I mean, these are the most iconic horror characters of all time. I say, they back in the day, they were the scariest things ever. I say double down on that. You try and reimagine these movies, make them for the modern audience, the scariest movies ever made. Yeah, you could have gone that route, but they decided not to. Um, I think it was a huge I, and I mistake. Wonder if, I wonder if part of that is the original, you know, the Brendan Fraser mummies. They definitely had that quirky sense of humor. I'm talking about the 1930s. No, origin. I know what, you, yeah, yeah. I know what okay. you're saying. I'm just wondering if they're making choices based on the, the love. Because I got to tell you, in some ways, maybe I'm totally wrong on this. In some ways, if they wanted to make the movie I think they wanted to make, they should have had Jake Johnson be the main character. Like, he would have been a better kind of, you know, uh, quirky, interesting lead than Tom Cruise would have been because Tom Cruise is playing a different movie. Um, or, or somebody yeah. like Nathan Fillion or somebody, somebody who has that, you know, that, that quirkiness, that sense of humor to them that they can yeah, really... a little wink. Yeah, a little wink kind of thing. Or, you know, like a Bruce Campbell kind of idea, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
but yeah, I just Tom Cruise was just such the wrong choice. Uh, I have a couple other cons. I'm sure you guys do as well. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with this. It's my main one. Uh, this movie is so overexplained. This movie treats the audience like such an idiot. They they start with so much voiceover and so much backstory on this new villain. And then they tell us the same story two more times in the movie. Like, it's like, you know, we understand yeah. what's going on. There's a moment, you know what, maybe I won't give the line until spoilers, but there are literally moments in this movie where characters repeat what just happened on the screen to make sure we understand it. You know what it reminded me of? <laughs> it reminded me of live-action role-playing. Where, yeah. Where there's, the, where there's a game master who has to tell you, like, you can't see what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, it's just I, I would I would double down to what you said, Aaron, and I would say that they repeat it three times in the first act. Yeah, like in in the first act, and that makes for a forty-five minute first act of this movie <laughs> before anything happens of interest. It's forty or forty-five minutes into the movie. Um, I I have to say, somewhere between this and American Gods is a good amount of exposition. <laughs> like you know. Amer- <laughs> American Gods throws you into this universe and tells you nothing, and you're left like drowning trying to figure it out. And this movie tells you everything. Somewhere in between is the perfect amount of letting me know what I need to know. I'll defend American Gods. (laughs) Well, you've read the book, so that makes it easier for you to understand. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) One last thing? Yeah, what's your one last thing, Josh? Having said all that, I still couldn't hate it. You know, I, I didn't I like I didn't I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. And I right. think there's like those couple of those things that, that do. And maybe it is like the the faith. Maybe there is a little bit of optimism about like, well, maybe this is going to be better. Yeah, I think that's a great thing to bring up because you're right. We're all talking about this in very negative terms, but none of us came out of there like loathing this movie. And I really mm-hmm. think that's important to say, uh, because, again, there are just, you know, mediocre somewhat bad movies that come out they don't have to be awful and i don't think this is awful it's just you know mediocre to bad yeah so what what about you normally for action movies i would say you know what it's still fun enough to go and see in theaters for even this one oh i think waiting for it to come to like Redbox or something i don't think i could say spend money to see it in theaters because i don't think there's enough there to like draw an audience in to say oh yeah it's worth at least seeing in theater yeah no, I, yeah. I, I would agree with that as well. My one last thing is uh, a, another con. I thought the character work was really poor in this. Uh, I kind of brought it out when I was reading kind of the pre-written you know, transcript about the main character. And I was like, well, if I'd have seen that guy on screen, I would have had a great time. Yeah. It's like, where was that guy? Um, the chemistry between Tom Cruise and Annabelle well, Wallace and it, is almost non-existent. Yeah. And she, yeah. she was really rough. That was, that was, uh, all these actors had a rough position to be in because I don't feel like they were given enough to really define who their characters were or yeah. define what their motivation was. What, you know, what, what yeah. was their their evolution, their change? I mean, it's just the character work in this was almost non-existent. Yeah, I, I don't even. I would even. I would say the same with the director and the writers. They, um, I feel it felt like everybody's hands were tied from somebody who is making decisions about a movie franchise that they shouldn't be making uh, artistic decisions about. Yeah. It felt like the like the studios like Universal was just all in their business, and they didn't have they it didn't look like anybody had an inch right to be their own movie. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, I think I join Andrew's recommendation to you know maybe even wait till the next one's out and check it out before you go see that or something or yeah. Uh, yeah. just just lower your expectations quite a bit. And if you it's want- better than 
League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Can we say that? <laughs> yes. well, that's not a we'll high bar, that. but yeah. <laughs> I think we can say that for sure. Before we move on to the best ever challenge, uh, a word about our supporters. They are awesome. Thank you so much to those who support the Studio DNA Podcast Network. It's at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Support starts at $3 a month. Some awesome perks come with that. Every supporter has access to a dedicated podcast feed where you get bonus episodes, including the patron pre-show, which we already recorded where Josh revealed his sift shame, the movies he hasn't seen. We talked about that. (laughs) So you can check that out just by being a supporter at patreon.com slash studio DNA. And even beyond that, know that you're uh, keeping this podcast network going and uh, creating content like this. Thank you so much for being a part of that. All right, on to the best ever challenge, guys. Uh, we're going to do the best. Dun, dun, dun. We're going to do the best ever Tom Cruise movies. We'll each list our top three. We'll start at number three and go to number one. If you have one higher on your list than where somebody else names it, you can trump it. Trump. Uh, so all you got to do is say Trump, and we'll wait till it's on your list at the higher ranking to talk about it. Uh, and then we'll do some honorable mentions after we're done. Um, but let's narrow it down. What are the three best Tom Cruise movies ever? We'll start at number three. Andrew, why don't you kick us off this time? I'm going to kick it off with a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Magnolia. All right. Man, this is probably the best performance. Oh, eh, maybe one of the best top performances Tom Cruise has ever given. Got him an Oscar nom, and I think it's well-deserved. Um, man, I love Spiderweb movies like mm-hmm. this and you know where it's a yeah. whole bunch of stories coming together and sure. then they all if they're done well if they're done well this yeah. one is done really well and just because it's like we've said this a million times whenever we do best ever challenge it's not necessarily necessarily the best tom cruise performance it's just the movie in general correct because i think that it's actually william h macy who really steals this movie and uh makes it his own i think it's the frogs the frogs yeah <laughs> the reigning frogs yeah but uh man, that is a weird ending <laughs> right that's a weird yeah. weird ending but i love it yeah this i love that movie so much if you haven't it's not really a very well-known movie i would say but uh if you have not seen magnolia i highly recommend it not something you can watch in the background you really got to focus on what's going on my number three, uh, and I don't know that I would have had it here if I had not rewatched this recently with my boys, uh, is the original Mission Impossible. It holds up really well for me. Um, I love, you think of movies now that do a lot of the twisty, intrigue, you know, spy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that movie was one of the first that did it in what felt like a modern way to me. Uh, yeah. And I really loved the twist and turns in it. I love the acting, the characters, the performances. Uh, I think it's a really tightly woven story, and uh, I, I really enjoy the first Mission Impossible. So that's in at number three for me. Well, that silent pressure yes. room is like one of the most famous scenes in film right. history. So. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. What about you, Josh? That's What's the thing your about franchi- franchises get a little Trump uh, uh, messed up sometimes because you they get judged based on the whole franchise and they it's right. hard to pick them out sometimes. My well I will say first Magnolia was on my honorable mention because I I was being like following the law of Tom Cruise movies and I was like, well, it's a great performance but it's not a Tom Cruise movie. So that's why I ended up on my honorable mention okay. instead of in my in my top 3. No, I was I you guys, you guys know the rules a little better than I do. Yeah, no worries. Um. We have people interpret the rules in, in different ways all the time. You know, for us, we're basically talking about once Tom Cruise is in a movie, 
it's on it's on the available movies list, and then yeah. you just say which gotcha. are the best movies in that available movies list. Saul Goodman. Sure, that's why I had my honorable mention. It was my well, maybe I can do this. Yeah, um, my number three is uh, Minority Report. I'm gonna have to trump you. We'll have to hold uh, off and talk okay. about it later. I've got Minority Report right. coming up. It was in my honorable mentions. So, what's your number? I think you're up, Andrew. You're number, number two. two. Yep. The Last Samurai. Oh, interesting. It is in my top mm. 100 movies of all time. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, again, he's not the star of this movie. I think Ken Watanabe just takes that movie and he like drives away with it and says, this is my movie. Um, it's the immersion into that Japanese culture. A lot of people, you know, knocked it originally because it's The Last Samurai starring Tom Cruise. You know, they thought it was. Yeah. But then when I actually watched it, I'm like, oh, wow, there's actually something to this. Yeah. No, and, it's a good film for sure. Oh, it. Yeah. It's one of those movies where if it's on, I'm going to watch it. It's just so enthralling. It it hits every single mark. It's funny. It makes you cry. Great fight choreography. I love it. Um, I have a right feeling. I have a feeling I might get trumped on my number two. Yeah. Uh, my number two is a few good men. So nobody had it at number one. Nope. All right. Nope. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm the only one who put it on my list. Well, apparently, Aaron knows what my number one is. So it was in my honorable mentions. I, Man, I, I can't believe you guys don't have few good men on your in your top three. It's number four. It's great. I just there's other stuff I like more. Okay. You know what I mean? Like cool. that's no, the that's thing great. about Tom Cruise. He's got a he's got a solid roster. I'm surprised I, you didn't pick what I thought you were going to pick. All right, well, we'll one. get there. We'll get there. Uh, man, A Few Good Men. It probably has so much to do with the script, so much to do with Sorkin. Um, but that I, I watch, if you watch that full courtroom scene, you, just, you can't help but get into it every single time. It's an incredible yeah. set of performances in an incredible film, and I just, uh, just one of the best. So I had to put it in number two. Yep. What about you, right Josh? On. What's your number no, two? That's great. Uh, Vanilla Sky. Wow. I, that movie did something to me when I watched it that broke my brain. And, uh, this, this might be one of those examples of, uh, like I was talking about earlier where the, uh, you know, the, uh, autobiographical nature of it plays a lot into it, but it's just that when that movie came out and it was just the. It was a perfect. It spoke directly to me at, at that point. Yeah, and I, I don't even know how to explain it because it's not like I was walking around with a, a broken face. But uh, <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, I know, it was, and I went back and watched the original after that. And I, you know, the original is great, but even with uh, even with that, it just didn't have the same. Like this one really did something to me. Yeah, no, that's a good uh, choice. Yeah. All right, let's hit our number ones, Andrew. What's yours? It is in my top ten movies of all time. I love it. So, so much. It is the Jamie Foxx, Tom Cruise movie, Collateral. Yeah, I wondered if that would be it. Collateral's great. Definitely in my honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's in my top ten. It's those two guys and then Mark Ruffalo in a role I would never imagine Mark Ruffalo in, but he <laughs> he nails it. And the chemistry and the character work between Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx is textbook. I don't think there is a better version of like two people at odds against each other just trying to understand one another because both mm. guys they won't admit it but they're fascinated by each other and it's this weird circumstance that they find themselves in where tom cruise is an assassin that's in jamie fox's cab having him drive him around so he can kill people all night yeah and yeah. jamie fox <laughs> changing just 
the way that Jamie Foxx turns from one character into another by the beginning and end of that film is it's Oscar worthy. Yeah, I man, people yeah. just people just forget how important character is and how important it is. And we talked about this in the Mummy review too. How important it is to serve that evolution of a character, and mm-hmm. uh, that that can be the most compelling thing about a movie because it is the thing that you can relate to the best is having yeah. those moments of change, you know, and yeah. becoming something different and understanding something in a new way. Uh, and that's yeah. happening a lot more in um, in in television now in our new renaissance here, right? Where they're building shows around an arc instead of. Uh, you know, an episodic formula that it's more and more happening. They're like, okay, we're going to, where's this character? How's this character going to change yeah. by the time we're done telling the story? They, there's an ending to the story. Yeah. Know? I mean, that was the center of Breaking Bad, right? Like that was the yeah, whole thing absolutely. was about his, you know, how he transformed. And I think that's a great comparison between, you know, what, you know, they did in Breaking Bad and what Jamie Foxx does. Obviously it's over a way longer period of time, mm-hmm. both chronologically and figuratively being a, being a television show compared to a movie. But um, another thing I found fascinating is how um, un... Like how... What am I trying to say? The way that Tom Cruise makes himself not the center of attention as he normally does in his movies. You know, it's like mm-hmm. he's so charismatic yeah. magnetic. But at the same time, in this movie, he can just blend into the background. Yeah, he kind of turns his gravity down a little bit. What he did to train for that movie I found really fascinating is that he signed up with UPS to, like, deliver packages. And Uh. he, like, delivered packages, and he tried to go about doing it without people recognizing that he was Tom Cruise. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Oh, to be that famous. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To have a social experiment where you can try not to get recognized. And something that really made me mad. Listen, I did that the other day. I was so successful. You have no idea how many people didn't recognize me. It was incredible. What really made me mad in that movie is that Tom Cruise has gray hair, and the fact that he looks so handsome with gray hair still, (laughs) it made me mad that it doesn't matter how old that guy gets, he's still going to look good. Uh, My number one has already been mentioned, so uh, I think Josh mentioned it as his number three. Minority Report is my favorite Tom Cruise movie. Uh, not what I thought it was I love that movie so much. Um, Spielberg's a huge part of that, like Josh mentioned. Uh, it is one of it is one of the best sci-fi concepts that I've seen actually executed in a really smart yeah. way, um, and it, it's so strangely sci-fi and yet feels so real and feels more and more real every year. You know, yeah. Uh, so yeah. um, even even down to like the self-driving cars, different things that are in that you know that movie and that that version of the future. The only, in fact, the only yeah. movie that I've really felt even more that way was probably her. Mm-hmm. Uh, about like this is the way the world is going to be, you know, eventually. But this world feels so real and lots of great performances and a great story. It's just yeah. a great story yeah. as well. That scene where he's fighting while the car is being built around mm-hmm. him is one of the coolest yeah. scenes. <laughs> it is cool. And then he so just you've got in that, the but you <laughs> and drives But then away. you couple it with what what sci-fi is so good at of uh, taking, you know, these 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 what these dilemmas right these these character dilemmas like or social social ideas and going okay this is a safe place to kind of talk about yeah it, exactly right Where, whereas like in real life you're like well i know how i am in black and white but then you you kind of see like a, a sci-fi version of it and you're like oh this is i can safely watch it from here and get a, a better perspective on on my opinion you know obviously the movie's got uh something to say about it but 
yeah, uh, the way it tackled that stuff was, was so good. Yeah, it's so great. What's your number one, Josh? Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Wow. Um, I get it. Uh, this, that movie, uh, you talk about top ten movies. Like, that movie, I felt, when I watched that movie, I felt like it was custom made for me. Like, it was, it's my example of, like, a, a perfect uh, blockbuster movie. Like, it's everything I wanted. Um, it was funny and sharp and a lot of action and everybody was great. And yeah, I, that, I don't have anything bad to say about that movie. I, I do have something bad to say about it, but I will tell you this. Is I, it that you haven't watched it enough? Because that's the only <laughs> bad thing that you can say about that movie. <laughs> I love Edge of Tomorrow. And in fact, I have the same reaction as it probably would have been my number one up until the last 15, 10, 15 minutes of the film. Mm. Uh, in the ending of that movie does uh real unfortunate damage uh to that to that film in my opinion now that um, i understand that uh, i get I, I i understand that i, I disagree but I, <laughs> <laughs> I i really that that end made me angry because of how much i loved the rest of the movie and because of i yeah. how much i felt it did not hold together and did not m- make any sense whatsoever so, but again, maybe, um, I mean, maybe that's just my experience. And I have actually watched it, you know, a couple more times and I felt the same, the same way both times, but it's, if you love video games, you're going to love edge of tomorrow because it is everything you go through, like dying in a level. You're like, okay, I can't go in that room now. I know I'm going to die. So oh yeah. Yeah. It's whenever perfect. you come back, <laughs> oh, that stuff is so perfect. <laughs> that's exactly what a video game is. And they made it real and it, it's fantastic. And that was probably, uh, who, um, what I'm a trend, Bill, uh, Billy, what's his name? I'm not sure. Bill, Paxton. Bill oh, Paxton. Paxton. Yeah, yeah. He was oh, so Paxton, good in that yeah. movie. One of my favorite lines of any movie ever in that movie is Tom Cruise looking at him going, Okay, Sergeant, you're an American. No, sir, I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. All right, let's throw out some, uh, some honorable mentions. I cannot believe neither of you had this movie as your number one. Okay. Rain Man. Yeah, Rain Man's definitely in my honorable mentions for sure. It's an, I mean, it it really is in my opinion the movie that made Tom Cruise who he is. Like you really get a chance to see how yeah. charismatic he is in that movie and of course Dustin Hoffman's great in it too, but Oh yeah. But yeah, no, that's a great yeah. that's a did, great choice. Did Rain Man win best agree. picture? Did it win best picture? Did it? Um I'll throw out another one. So. You mentioned the first Mission Impossible movie, which is one of my favorites, but my favorite Mission Impossible is number 4 Ghost Protocol. Yeah, I had Ghost Protocol on there. I also had um, five. five on there as well. Those are both phenomenal films. Three yeah, and two are, are terrible. Well, three is not terrible. <laughs> three is not. You need to it's watch not three terrible. again. I mean, that performance by Philip Seymour Hoffman alone uh, in three is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and it's and it's fun factor makes up for some of yeah. the other. Yeah, I, t- I like three. I actually really enjoy three. Uh, two, I, two. I, like I would three. agree with you. Two is I. Man, they John Woo yeah. that movie hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> John uh, Wooed it. Ra- Rain Man, nineteen eighty nine Academy Award for Best Picture. It did win. There you go. Okay, unless that's just a nomination, but it looks like it. Yeah, and Hoffman won Best Actor. Oh, obviously he won. Barry yeah. Levinson won Best Director. Maybe these are nominations. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It says awards. Yeah, I think. So. It, um, I don't believe you guys don't have. Uh, this is like made for honorable mention. Uh, Tropic Thunder. It was my next one. I was going to bring up because was I, it? <laughs> it took me until probably the end of that movie before I realized that was Tom Cruise. I'm yeah. not even lying. I felt really dumb. His arms are so good in that movie. Oh, they're hairy <laughs> and his fat sausage his fingers. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned this. I mentioned Tropic Thunder in my review. 
uh, of The Mummy because uh, it's not that Tom Cruise can't do comedy. It just has to be a comedy that where he can still be earnest. He, that character yeah. in Tropic Thunder is a good example of how Tom Cruise can be an earnest comedian. Like, that character is very earnest, even though he's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you yeah. know, he, he just can't be quirky. <laughs> Tom Cruise doesn't do quirky very well. Uh, it's just not in no. his wheelhouse. I wouldn't. The nuance is kind of lost on him a yeah, little bit. Yeah. That nuance. <laughs> if somebody would have told me that some of the, the best comedy duo I would have seen that year was. Tom Cruise and Bill Hader, I would have laughed at them. <laughs> those guys are funny. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else you got in the honorable mention? Uh, I'm going to take you to the danger zone. Top Gun. No, yeah. come on. That's not a great yeah. movie. Yes, it is. I will right. fight you on this one. It is so good. Not physically. I will argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> I will grow a better mustache than you on this one. Yeah. Uh, hey, I saw your I saw your Hulk Hogan mustache. Yeah, you, that's you right. I can game. do it. I can do it. But uh, <laughs> but man, I I don't. It's nostalgia factor for me. I love Top Gun. That soundtrack is great. Yes, the volleyball scene is weird. But... <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of ladies who love that movie. Yeah, I get it's, it. It's fun though, and it gave us one of the greatest comedy franchises ever in Hot Shots. So. <laughs> That's true. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. True. Uh, that, we, the, we best thing, if, the best thing you can say about uh, Top Gun is that it gave us hot shots. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I have a couple that, I, that I'm sure you guys didn't have in your honorable mentions, but I like more than most people. Uh, one is the original Jack Reacher. I think Jack Reacher is a great movie. The first one. <clears throat> yes, the first one. The second one was really bad. I... I think Jack Reacher is. I didn't see the second one, but Jack Reacher is the only other time Tom Cruise let me down. Oh, you didn't enjoy honestly. Jack Reacher then? I did not. I felt like my dad like would have like would really love that movie. And he did, <laughs> but it was not. I, it was so. It was. It was twenty years too late for me. Hmm. I uh, I love your dad. Uh, your dad and I are best buds now. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm with Aaron on that one. I like the first Jack Reacher. Um, in the Vanna Hetzog as the weird villain. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention was the War of the Worlds remake. Uh, I hate that movie. Really? I really enjoyed it. I, th- I felt there was a really deft touch in that movie with suspense, especially. Uh, yeah. and, uh, I and enjoyed I enjoy- it, but... I Sorry, I enjoyed it, but I, I can't say it was good. Yeah. I agree with both of you. <laughs> <laughs> you should be a politician. Uh, <laughs> on that movie, anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, we have. To, I think we should mention Interview with a Vampire. And we can mention it. Yeah, I I like it. Okay. I really do like the interview with the vampire. Uh, born on the fourth of July, and uh, I don't know how you guys feel about legend, but uh, yep, that's got, got a lot of that's about lot how of, I feel about legs. It. And somebody did. I, I can I say so this one's actually going to probably um, evoke a reaction because I know most people hated it, but I um, I like Night and Day. Did you I really? That on my under underrated Tom Cruise because I, I I was like, what's wrong with this movie? Why is everybody? <laughs> Bad mouth in this movie. It's like it's exactly what it set out to be. I felt like. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again. I just remember being uh, completely uh, uh, devoid of plus. Yeah. Uh, somebody <laughs> said that they thought my number one was going to be Days of Thunder. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's, it's okay. 
It's maybe, okay. Maybe Tropic Thunder is a sequel to Days of Thunder. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Uh, there you go. Those are the best ever Tom Cruise movies. Uh, let's go on a Sift Quest, guys. This you is, had me at hello. You had me at Sift Quest. Yeah. Uh, these are where you ask us a question to answer, and we go on a quest together to find those answers. You can tweet at me, at Aaron Dicer on Twitter, or you can email us feedback at siftpop.com. Today's Sift Quest was launched by Christopher via Twitter. Uh, Christopher tweeted, what's a really well-received movie that you still think is underrated, as in highly praised, but not enough? Uh, I thought this was a great question. I like it. Yeah, it's a hard one. Um, I actually picked four. Uh, So, you know, we can we can chat a couple if you guys want to. Um, I'll start then since I I have a few. Uh, Andrew, you said you picked one. Yeah, just one. Josh, did you pick more than one? I've got a couple, yeah. Okay, all right. I got, I have four, but I don't know. They might vary in degrees of how well they receive. You know what I mean? They're yeah, not like exactly. Yeah, multi Academy Award winning movies, but I'm like, I think everybody likes this movie, but they should like it more. See, looking at my list, Edge now, of Tomorrow being one more. of them, but yeah, yeah, Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> being one of them. Uh, I think I have to yeah. start with what I think is the the classic example of this, and that's Children of Men. Um, Children of Men got a, oh, a lot man. of love. But it is even better than the love it got. Like it is, it, it still somehow is an underrated movie. Uh, I just think that's a great. It, that's a great one. I, I just yeah. That to me, that's the that's the extreme example of this question. It's almost like that's the uh, you know um, the epitome of of what the question is asking. Okay. So that was my big one. I have three now. Okay, go yeah. ahead. What's what's one of them? Uh, Crash. It, I don't like that movie. See, that's why you're wrong, <laughs> and that's perfect for Sif Quest. It won Best Picture. But every single person I talk to hates that movie. Yeah, no, that's a good example. If you believe it was good, I it's in my top twenty uh, movies of all time. Yeah, so that movie as a is a weird two thing for me because I when I I would have felt that way when I saw it the first time and I watched it again within the last year. I rewatched it and while the themes hold up, that movie is so on the nose and over the top for for me now. Like it it did not age well for me. Really, at all. I yeah. watched it not too long ago. And still to this day, that scene where the little girl jumps in her dad's arms to keep him safe Mm -hmm. makes me cry probably more than any (laughs) other movie ever. Yeah. Like, I showed that to my grandpa who was in World War II, and he was bawling his (laughs) eyes out. (laughs) It's so funny because... I don't know why we're laughing at your grandpa bawling his eyes out, but... (laughs) Because it's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That was actually the movie that came to mind when you're talking about spiderweb movies in my mind when I was thinking ones that don't work I was thinking no. of Crash but... I, I didn't want to I didn't want to mention Crash, Crash I was thinking it too like with Magnolia mm-hmm. but because I had it mentioned later on but yeah. yeah what about you Josh what's one for you that uh is still underrated even though people like it this is a this was a really hard one for me um and this because it gets a lot of love but Alien the original Alien um I feel like it's getting watered down like people are forgetting how great that one was with you know all the criticism of mm. the new ones could be um so i don't know i i think that the original gets a lot of a lot of love but maybe this is more of a reminder that like the first one's really perfect and and don't judge it based on how you feel about the new ones <laughs> i may have to go back and watch alien again it's been a while um but i i remember thinking i liked aliens better even than alien I do too. I like it. I love them both so much. They're in my top sci-fi movies ever. But yeah. I, I'm with you. I do like Aliens more. Yeah, Alien is one of maybe the best horror movie 
It was maybe my favorite horror movie. Aliens is one of my favorite sci-fi movies, but Aliens is not a. It's not a. It doesn't feel like a horror movie to me. It's an action movie with some spook factor, but Alien is downright creepy, spooky, scary to me. You're one hundred percent. You're one hundred percent right on that too. Yeah, yeah. it's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, another one I had. I'll, I'll actually just go ahead and list the three others I had, and you can shout out something okay. about them if you want to. But I also had Apocalypto. Is one that I think oh, people man. like, but is actually a spectacular film. Uh, in in one that I think is somehow still underrated. Uh, Super Eight is another one that I think people enjoy, but I really really love. Did not like that movie. Uh, and then the other one was a History of Violence. Uh, and I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you ever got to see a History of Violence, but yeah. it got a lot of attention. But I think it's underrated. I think that is an incredible film. Yeah. So those that, those are the other those ones are I mentioned. Interesting. That movie, History of Violence, it went away with that movie, which I didn't expect at all it's right like, it's yeah. like takes you on a left turn you're like whoa okay so this is the movie yeah it's a very yeah it's a very <laughs> yeah. well told story yeah. uh, in my opinion yeah. what other ones did you guys have uh i had uh three others uh the lego movie people just think that that movie is you know just a quick funny kid movie oh no it's more there, than that there is yeah. something special about the lego movie yeah i agree every every yeah. single movie i'm going to mention is in my top movies of all time well and, and i think you're right too because lego batman came out and people are like oh this is just as good as the lego movie and i'm like no, that's a no. really funny movie but the lego movie is better uh because yeah, it serves better. every area of what i love about movies you know exactly. my brain my funny bone everything uh i have two yeah. two left uh this next movie I'm going to mention is ruined, like the how awesome it is by its sequels, and that's Rocky. Oh, okay. People oh, people yeah. think of Rocky as you know just the you know, yeah. and but if you <laughs> what, watch what was that, what was that again? <laughs> oh, okay, all right, yeah. good. Just want to make sure. <laughs> I got it. I'm way over here in Nashville, and I got it. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Um. So if you watch the first Rocky movie. There is yeah, very there is something very special. Oh, that's there. a great film, yeah. With um what's a what's his stepbrother? What's Adrian's brother's name? It's a uh, Polly. Pa- Polly. Polly is a the actor's name, yeah. Terrible person. He yeah. he becomes like a he, he becomes <laughs> funny and comedic, you know, he's the the silly drunk. In that first movie, he's abusive. What that movie has to say about like, you know, family yeah. abuse and stuff like that is Really powerful, and what it has to say about poverty in yeah. general. Burt Young is the name yeah. of that actor, by the way. Burt Young, thank yep. you very much. And the final—it's another one of those examples of getting uh, of, the, of the movie getting waylaid by the franchise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and people don't realize. I mean, maybe people do realize. I think a lot of people actually do realize. One of the reasons Creed is so loved and so good is because it's basically Rocky. It's you know very much the same movie in a different environment. Creed yeah. is my second. Well, Rocky, Rocky Balboa movie. was the. Se- Rocky Ball Balboa was the was the same kind of thing. Like it, it went to the heart of the drama and not about like the spectacle of the fight. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Know? And it went back to the the human. Yeah. It's the first movie I can remember a sports movie anyway where the main guy, the guy you're supposed to root for, loses. He doesn't win the fight. Yeah. Spoiler alert. The movie came ki- out. In I, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't win the fight, and a lot of people think he wins, but he doesn't yeah. win. He yeah. loses to Apollo Creed. And he says before the fight happens, I'm not going to beat him. But nobody has ever gone the distance with this guy. Yeah. I don't want yeah. to beat him. I just want to go the distance. But there's a moment in that movie where you think he's going to win. And that role, something the good, 
it, it get people. I'm going on way too long about this movie, <laughs> but people get you know they get <laughs> washed up in the montages and stuff like that. But the actual fight fights in that movie are spectacular. Yeah, they're good too. Yeah, the great. final movie I'm going to mention, and I know you don't like this movie anywhere near as much as I do because we've had many discussions. Do I like it at all, or do I dislike it? Prisoners. Yeah, I I wouldn't. <clears throat> I don't actively dislike it. Yeah. I just there. I have real problems with it. Yeah, like I said, top twenty movies of all time for me. It's Hugh Jackman's oh, wow. greatest performance he's ever given. Jake Gyllenhaal's greatest performance he's ever given. Even better than Nightcrawler. I'll, I'll argue with people on that one all the time. Yeah, I, I would. I would have that argument. We should have that debate. Okay. At some point. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, because that whole movie, it takes you on a roller coaster. Did Paul Dano kidnap those girls? And there's parts in the movie like, oh, he definitely kidnapped those girls. Oh wait, no, he didn't kidnap those girls. Yeah. I love movies that take me on that roller coaster, and the twist at the end of that movie is something I did not see coming, and I love when I don't see it coming. Yeah, no, that's a good choice. I know nice. somebody in the in the live chat mentioned Prisoners as well as one of their choices oh, of, of underrated, um, as well as Rush, which I think is actually a really good choice, too. Totally uh, agree. The racing nice. movie. Did you have any others uh, that you wanted to mention, Josh? Uh, I have a couple. Um, Run, Lola, Run is one of my favorite oh, movies. Oh, yes. I think it that had soundtrack. a lot of great buzz. But I, it's one of those movies when I talk to people, they're like, oh, I've never heard of it because it was an international, you know, mm-hmm. release. And so it, so that's one that I think maybe this is, maybe I'm ta- preaching to the choir, you know, uh, in the world, but in our country, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many people I run into. It's like, oh, I'm seeing that. Oh, I'll put it on my list or whatever. Um, uh, Ed Wood is uh, my favorite Tim Burton movie. Um, He's got a motif, and this kind of goes away from the motif. And whenever people talk about him, they they miss this one. Yeah, so that that, and then of course I have Edge of Tomorrow just because we're talking about Tom Cruise stuff, and I I love that movie so much. Um, but I think you explain you summed up why most people you know why it doesn't get more love is that last fifteen minutes probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that me. I think with Edge of Tomorrow, a lot of people would see that trailer and just cast it aside as just another Tom Cruise action movie when there's a lot more to it. Well, especially when he had just come yeah. out with. Oblivion. Oblivion. Wasn't that before Edge of Tomorrow, or was it after? I think it was yeah. after. Yeah, it was right before. Oh, was, was it right it? before? Because uh, I remember, yeah, just okay. remember thinking they felt very similar. Whichever one was first, they came out really close to each other, and I was like, like I almost mixed them up sometimes uh, mm-hmm. in my brain. Um, I actually liked Oblivion more than most people, but but yeah, so it, yeah, it was very easy for that movie to get lost. I think, and uh, and then the fact that they decided to have multiple titles that's always fun, you know, after yeah, the movie's that's already ter- out. That was the worst. <laughs> Oh, this actually, the they're coming out with a sequel to it, and the sequel is going to be called Live, Die, Repeat now. Is it going to... Well, see, originally they had said Ugh. the sequel was going to be Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. And then yeah, somebody debunked yeah, that, I, I thought, and on I don't I'm, know. On IMDb, the sequel is listed as Live, Die, and Repeat. Well, we'll where, see Where happens. the book is called... It's based on uh, All You Need Is Kill. Is That's the name of the book, which is a tons better title than all of it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's a great point. <laughs> Let me just stick with that. Yeah. That's amazing. It's not. It doesn't really sum up what the sh- what the movie's about very well. But still, I don't know the edge of. T- I guess Edge of Tomorrow kind of does. Yeah. And <clears throat> Live Die Repeat really does. But again, it sounds like hey, the studio got in and said, hey, <laughs> we want to make it really clear that people know what movie this is. This is not Oblivion. This is the one where he lives, dies, and, dies and then and, repeats. And then repeats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I have one more, but it's actually in my buried treasure. So All right. Well, we'll, we'll hold it for your buried treasure. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Christopher, Ooh. for the Sift Quest. If you want to launch a Sift Quest of your own, make sure you hit me up on Twitter, Aaron Dicer, or email us at feedback at siftpop.com. All right. We are on to the buried treasure, hey, guys. 
Can I say one thing about Civ- the Civ Quest? Sure. Now that's all done, I would put I would put Children of Men your your pick. I would make that my top pick too. I just it didn't occur to me until you said that. But that is the per- that's the quintessential example of this question. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think it is. Um, all, all right. right, let's do our buried treasure then. Um, Josh, why don't you kick us off? I will, and I've been out of the loop a little bit, so this may not be that buried, um, but maybe it is to one person, and if so, that's enough. Um, I just finished watching uh, Dirk Jitley's Holistic Detective Agency uh, (laughs) that originally aired on the BBC. Um, That show was a blast. It was everything I hoped it would be. Well, that's Douglas Adams, right? Like, same guy that did Hitchhiker's Guide and... And yeah, kind of and and this isn't the this is not the first version of a, a show. I think there was a miniseries based on one of. He, I guess he's written a few of the a few books with this character, right? Yeah, and I don't know. I haven't read them, so I don't know how true to those stories this is, or even if it's just tonally, you know, right on. But um, if it was not like wacky, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, only it was every once in a while. But the absurdity was was uh placed in strategically as opposed to through the whole thing which was great um and max landis is the one is the director like he created the series for television uh it's a bbc show but there's a lot of uh uh, american actors and uh, american crew and stuff in it so i don't really know like exactly like what the uh, like what the full market i guess bbc but it feels more uh american with some british people as opposed to british with some american people well, Elijah Wood's in it, so there's your one yeah. American token right there. There you go. Well, Richard Schiff is in it, and like I said, uh, Landis, Max Landis, you know, directed, wrote it. He's he's American, right? Very um, cool. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it was a blast. It's just a not. It's this weird mystery with just enough sci-fi. Um, I mean, the sci-fi grows, but it comes on gently. Ah. Gently, dirt gently, <laughs> and um, and does not overwhelm you, and until you find out, like it's it just plays out really nice over the course of the whole series. I like how it sounded like season, you just had rather. an epiphany as you were saying that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's the same word. I'm an actor. I rehearsed that over and over again before I before I got in front of the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. It sounded very authentic. Yeah. Um. All right. What do you got? So, like I said, this is going to tie into the Sift Quest as well. A movie that's great, but still underappreciated the movie is tom hardy's lock oh yeah good choice Mm. yeah yeah when i saw the trailer for this i'm like so it's tom hardy in a car talking to people on the phone and himself Mm -hmm. for an hour and 50 minutes yeah it is is about construction about construction work (laughs) exactly no that's not the right cement you need them (laughs) that's not going to be strong enough for a foundation you think that movie is going to be boring it is so magnetic. It is you the opposite cannot, of boring, yeah. You yeah. cannot yeah, stop watching great. that movie. So if you want to watch a movie about a guy talking to his family and his coworkers about construction and other life events, and you think it's going to be boring, just watch this movie. It's Stephen Knight, surprisingly. So I, it, it is the movie to me, at least as we're talking about it, most emphasizes how crucial story and character are to a film. Because... Yeah, you're right. Every other part of that movie is about the most boring thing you could ever think of. But because the story is great and told wonderfully and the character is great and interesting, Mm -hmm. um, it works. 
and it works all the way through. I was never bored for a yeah. second in that movie, and I'm just watching a guy talk on the phone in the car about construction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one that I I started I started watching it as homework. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I better watch this so that I know how to talk about it if it ever comes up. Yeah. Um, and it turned into like, oh, I'm watching this because I like I like this movie. You know. Yeah, it's so good. I think that law transitioned over. Thirty years from now is going to be like studied. Like, like, okay, so this is how you do character development for a one-shot, mm-hmm. you know, or a one-scene movie. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, what Hitchcock did with Rope, you know, is very similar. Yeah. Or Lifeboat was another one Hitchcock did that kind of had the same, yeah. you know, same setting the whole time. But this, yeah, it's, man, when you can do it, it's good stuff. Yeah. So I love that. That's my buried treasure. My buried treasure nice. is becoming unburied recently after 25 years. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are talking about it. Twin Peaks. Uh, I I finally got around to watching the original Twin Peaks, the first and second season. So uh, I watched all of it uh, just because there's, you know, I felt like the the revival of Twin Peaks seems very interesting to me. It seems different than other, you know, pop culture revivals in in some interesting way. Uh, Before I talk about what how I felt about it, did you have you ever watched the Twin Peaks TV show? And when did you watch it? Yeah, that show's weird. I watched it about five years ago. Okay, so you were past the fact too, because I think it was like the early nineties, right? Yeah, I I watched it. Well, it was twenty five years ago. Yeah, it was on a Netflix, and I was like, you know what? People are always talking about this. I'll pick it up. That show was weird, man. What about you, Josh? What's your experience (laughs) with Twin Peaks? Uh, I never, I never finished it. I started a long time ago before I was ready for it, um, so it suffered from me. Um, and I haven't gone back to see it, but it's been on my top of my list to to try and go back and see now with the resurgence as well. Uh, how long did it take you to get through it? I, I did it over the uh, the last week and a half to two weeks, uh, just throwing it. It was okay. like the only thing I watched really the last couple weeks. Uh, now that it's summer and there's you know a lot less to keep up on sure. TV wise, but. Um, but I have to say, I, I really wish I had seen it when it happened because I really didn't enjoy it that much. Uh, it, it certainly was weird. I, I get that, you know, it's David Lynch, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I get yeah. that there's some real interesting stylistic things that, you know, choices he makes, the, the whole Black Lodge stuff, which I, if you haven't seen, none of this means anything to you, but where there's this, wor- there's this universe where weird things happen. And- well, even if you have seen it, it probably doesn't make sense to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. But everybody, everybody is speaking forwards, backwards in that world, and just weird stuff like that. Uh, weird symbolism, weird, you know, spiritualistic themes, all that stuff I get. I, it just it, it didn't seem to have as much of a point as I wanted it to. Uh, like there just wasn't anything to really grab onto. So much so, in fact, that it felt like a kind of a cheap soap opera in a lot of ways. Especially the second season. Especially you know a good chunk of those episodes in the second season season just feel like who's dating who and who killed who and you know I, like it really feels like Days of Our Lives in some ways. And really, when you look at even some modern soap operas, are weird like that too. You know, so it's. It's kind of uh, it was kind of a letdown for me in many ways. Now I haven't started into the new ones yet, and I was so I, ask. I, I, yeah, I'm interested to see what the and I'm trying to decide if I want to watch the movie because I think there's a movie Firewalk with me that happened between yeah. the the first and second season and the upcoming new ones. I didn't know that. Uh, I think it's a prequel movie. I think it's what happened bef- leading up to the death of Laura Palmer, okay. if, if I'm understanding correctly. But so I'll probably watch that. Um, where, um, how, where do you land on uh, David Lynch overall? The yeah. guy's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Mulholland Drive. That's about it. I did like oh, Mulholland Drive. Oh, Elephant Man. I Ele- did like Mulholland Drive, and that, that probably is about it for me, too. 
I like Elephant Man yeah. as well. Um, the yeah. Straight Story was his like most commercial. You know, I never saw it. Viable. It's the. It's just a normal movie. <laughs> you know, it's not anything weird. It's just a movie about a guy who rides his uh, lawnmower across country on a road trip because his car's broken or something. Oh, um, that was him. Yeah, yeah Lynch I made believe that. it. I believe it was him. Yeah, that, that's a good movie. Um, I like that movie. Did you, I see. I haven't seen it. So that scene where he's talking about it's like the, the sticks, least like breaking the sticks and the bundle and stuff like that. That's fan. Yeah, yeah. I like that scene a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I and also there. I, I will say this. It was an interesting experience to see actors I know come up in like their like I think it's David Duchovny's first role was in Twin Peaks. And he oh, wow. he comes he I don't know if I want to spoil the experience for somebody who may want to go back and watch it. You think that leads in X-Files? <laughs> no. No, I don't. Well, and that's the other thing people talk about how this show influenced like the X-Files and different things like that and I just don't see it. Not I don't either. I don't I, they seem very very different to me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, David Duchovny's character's entrance was really interesting to me for a very specific reason, uh, that I'm not going to spoil. And then also Heather Graham, I think one of her very first roles was in the second season oh, wow. of, uh, Twin Peaks. So, you know, kind of th- seeing stuff like that. Well, how and, young was she whenever? I'm uh, pretty young. Yeah. Um, but she's the love interest of, um, the main character in the second season. What? Uh, yeah. Towards the, towards the end of the second season. So wow. the, the one that gets... Kidnapped and taken to the Black Lodge and all it, that kind of like stuff. Like I said, it's been a hot minute since I've seen that show, so and I it, don't think it's I don't think it's rewatchable for me. Uh, and that was what I was going to say. If you've been thinking about going back and watching it, I would kind of caution you just to you know. I guess I should wait till <laughs> I. I guess I should wait till I've seen the new ones mm-hmm. uh, to say this. But I would think maybe just hop into the new ones and and not worry about that old stuff. You know, maybe read like a primer online or something so you know the characters, but. I like how I, your buried treasure is something you're not recommending to people. Well, it's it's, a, <laughs> it's it's not the first time. In this case, it's a buried it's a buried quote unquote treasure that other people are digging up. That I'm saying, let's just go ahead and keep it buried. Let's just go ahead and uh, yeah. it's good. It's good in its own context. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, there you go. It's like somebody's unburying it, and you're on the other side, just putting dirt right <laughs> back right. in the hole. That's right. Let me pile the dirt back on. Well, we did it, guys. We did a podcast. <laughs> uh, Woo! It happened. That's how you do it. This is how we do it. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Studio DNA. Great way to listen live. Huge thanks to today's guru, Josh from the Nether Region. Woo! That's my name. Don't wear it out. Um, should we, like the Nether? What's going on with the Nether Region? Should I say it's Josh from something else now? Like what? what like what's happening with that? Because that's a great YouTube channel. Uh- it's Josh from a lot of things. Uh, Nether region, we haven't, like I said, um, we haven't done much on the Nether region. I haven't done much creatively for the last year. Um, before we get back into it, um, we'll probably be seeing some more stuff on the Nether region. Um, but uh, you can follow everything I'm doing at Josh W. Childs on Twitter. Um, and that's that sums it up. And I can tell you from there if you need to go back over to another region and look for something. <laughs> what was the what was the skit? Was it shoot from the hip or something like that? Was that the yeah. that's a great video, man. That's that's good stuff. I'm going to go back and watch that Thank again. You, man. Uh, yeah, that's check that one. check that out on uh, that's on your YouTube channel, the Nether region. Uh, and then you can, yeah. like you said, follow him at Josh W. 
child. Much love and gratitude as well to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Lots of ways to connect with us if you want. Uh, SoundCloud, Twitter, you can comment in the iTunes or you can email us feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time and you have somebody else who you know who loves movies, they'd probably like the podcast too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than growing a second pupil in each eye. Spoiler chat for this week's movie (laughs) should be next up in your podcast feed. And we will see you back next week for some chat on Cars 3. That was was the Roadrunner, unfortunately. Yeah. There you go. Wow. 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 I'm Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow. As a car. Wow. I've got headlights. Wow. Wheels. Wow. (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.